Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Yes, hello, Dano. Hello, listeners. Hopefully, most of you avoided a lot of the carnage this weekend, um, but there was a lot of it, and we'll delve into it, obviously, but yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, I did not dodge the carnage. Uh, anyway, weekly winner for our group was Johnny's Team Gunners. Uh, he scored 2,286. Uh, he managed to avoid a fair bit of the carnage there, Pato. Who do you have? Yeah, some interesting little PODs. Um, so he had Zeeble in defense, Bonson Pally as VC, which was huge. And I apologize for my comments last week because yeah, I did you. mention not liking him and ended up changing to him 10 minutes before that game started. Shit! Fuck you! That always ends badly, and for some reason this week it worked. And fuck you. Yeah, apologies to anyone that took on my advice, but Bontempelli is on an absolute other level this year. But we'll we'll talk about him coming up. Dano um, jumped on Cogs as well. I don't know whether he held him or not, but we'll talk about him. I'm sure as well. Um, interesting. Ruck duo, no, not really English and Marshall. Um, got Rosie and Taranto in the forward line. Taranto is looking very, very good, Dano. And, yeah, nothing too too out of the ordinary. But, yeah, managed to avoid a lot of the carnage, and that's what made him, made Johnny win the group for this week. So, congratulations, Johnny. Yeah, fuck you, Pato. I know that you did that deliberately just to fox me. Anyway, uh, we got injuries. We got a lot. I would have done it the week before, mate, when we had each other in, a fucking, in our, one of our legs. That's true. I went Jordan Dawson as captain, and well, that fucking failed. Anyway, injury time. Took Miller. Uh, fucking took. Anyway, knee. Um, the guy I brought in this week. Oh, I started him. Anyway, we don't know his real time frame. They said an extended period of time. That's it. That That's literally it. Adam Saad, um, a test for his hammy. I have a feeling that Chinkata will stay in, Pado, and I think Cowan might be on, on the out. Yeah, and I think that actually works out really well. I think Cowan's made the money that he can, and we can just sort of easily flick him onto Chincotta, who actually, by all accounts, looked pretty decent on the weekend, Dano, and don't know why he didn't play from round one, being a mature age rookie there, but hopefully Chincotta holds on and we've got a nice little cash cow that'll make some nice money before the buyers. Uh, I don't think Cowan's made enough money, but I don't think he can physically. But anyway, Tom Liberatore got a bit of a head knock there, Pato. So he's got the mandatory one, might miss two. Yep, yep, looked a nasty one. Uh, actually scoring really well this year, so a bit of yeah. a tough break for those that are having him as a POD, but might be even better for those McRae owners who will see an uptick in CBAs, you would think, this weekend. Now, Pato, did you also bring in Matty Roberts? I did, I did. Uh, yeah, he's done his knee as well, so it's at least four weeks, but we don't know. But if you if you brought in Took and Maddie Roberts, I feel bad for you guys. Like that, that's just shit luck. To add on to it, I brought in Johnson as my third trade, who got a nice thirty five for me on Friday night or whenever he played. So not yeah. the best trade in. Somehow Took was the best score out of the three of them, but uh, I can yeah. Anyway, yeah, Scotty Pendlebury. Um, I didn't actually notice this one, Pato. Um, when I was watching the Anzac Day game. So what happened with his eye? You missed it. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, copped a, copped a stray one to the eye and looked actually really nasty. He missed most of the fourth quarter and actually looked like he couldn't open his right eye. Yeah. So I, all, I, I, know I went he... to the dunny. I went to the dunny, came back, and he went immediately went down to the rooms. I'm like, oh, must be like a hamstring or something. So I completely missed what happened. <laughs> No, no, then he came out and he was sitting on the bench, but he can only open his left eye. So okay. you would think that if he can't see out of his right eye by the end of the week, he won't play, but it's Penderbury, so you never know. Yep. Slamming Sam Taylor. Pammy fucking gone. They reckon 10 weeks, Pato, and I'm shattered. Um, but Well, I, when one door closes, another one may open, Dana, and I'm just hoping, hoping, hoping it won't. that it might mean a positive role change for one Harrison Himmelberg. I don't think it will. I think they're going to bring in Lockie Keefe. 
which would suck. Well, I, yeah. I, I'm no footy coach. I'm more of a basketball coach, as you know, Dana. But uh, I would think that maybe they bring in a Briggs to help support Flynn in the ruck, park Briggs up forward, and just move Himmelberg into defence. But that's a little bit, selfishly speaking, that I wouldn't mind him as a 380-ish K uh, forward defence swing. But we'll talk about him, I'm sure. Yep, yep. And Heath Chapman, uh, ping the hammy, don't know how long. Yeah, this literally happened today. I had to amend the run sheet, don't I? Because yeah. on it, I had mentioned that Corey Wagner looked okay, but Chapman's going to return. And all of a sudden, I had to make changes because Chapman did a hamstring and then the whole team were apparently getting around him at training. So obviously a loved member of that that team and obviously a bad one if the whole team are getting around him and trying to, trying to really uplift him. Yeah. So really, really tough luck for Chapman, but it looks like we might get Wagner as a nice little... Cash cow. Okay, well, we'll move into the rookie trade-ins. We're going to do a rapid fire on this one, Pado. So, straight up, Seamus yeah, Mitchell. Yeah, there are a lot. Yeah, 123K forward slash defender, minus 75 breaking, 73 average. Looked fucking good. Yep, perfect swing between forward and defense as well. So, he's your number yeah, one yeah. trading option. Easy. Yep. Yeah. Corey Wagner, 117K defender slash midfielder, minus 36 break even, uh, 52 average. Looked eh, like okay, but thoughts? Yeah, look, it looks like he'll probably play now. His disposal efficiency is a little bit shaky, uh, probably what's separating him from uh, being an AFL or a VFL player. Um, but got it 18 times on the weekend for a 64, and he went at 77%. So that's not horrible. Um, got a good role on halfback, so I don't mind it if you need the cash. And, uh, and his teammate, Sam Sturt, 123K forward, minus 28 break even, 50 average. Playing small forward. Obviously, he wants to roll through that midfield, but he can't. Um, thoughts? I actually think he may make way for Nat Fife, who is apparently on either this week or next week. So don't love the job security, but Sam Sturt is really, really talented. And if he does get knocked out of that team, he should be looking to move elsewhere for next year. By the way, um, Nat Fife, there was an article on Nat Fife saying that Freo are going to start playing him in the guts again because they're not winning enough. They've got to do something because they're looking fucking pathetic at the moment. Yeah, because they're not winning enough contestable. So Nat Fife could be on our radars soon. Um, Xavier it's funny what, happens when, funny oh, yeah. what happens when you take your best contested fucking midfielder out of the midfield. Like <laughs> Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> Xavier O'Halloran, 202K mid, minus 28 break even, 72 average. Uh, kicked three snags, got 103, uh, but he is fringe as fuck, Pato. Yeah, I don't even know like who he's replacing in this team, Dano. Um, Giants are a bit meh this year, but we all know that I do not like a wing role. It's It just screams 50 one week and fucking 100 next week. And Helen, oh, Helen will probably get 50 next week if he plays. So probably a no from me, but if you're desperate, he's there. Yeah. Ned Long, 165K mid, a minus 23 uh, um, break even, 59 average. Not liking it myself, but... Thoughts? No, he's a forward for Hawthorne um, that's not named Fergus Crane, so no. Yep, fair enough, fair enough. Um, we've got some guys that have played one game. So Alex Chincotta, 102K. He's a defender midfielder, 60-70 he scored, finally fucking debuted, looked good. Um, I like. Yeah, I think you got to give him one more week, but he got 24 touches, seven marks, and went at 91%. So um, really, really good roll-off halfback. It's just... You got to see what the role is like with Saad in the team and whether or not he holds with Cowan or not, or what they do. But coming yeah. off a loss, they're going to look to make some changes and hopefully he holds on because he certainly wasn't their worst. Yep. Bryn T. Cole, 198K Ruck, uh, got an 85 and he played Ruck when his Lysett got injured and scored that. So, thoughts? Yeah, just keep in mind he played against the old BJ, so take it with a grain of salt, his score. But I think if he holds his spot and they come out and maybe say that Lysett needs to spend a month in the the sandful and earn his spot back, then maybe that will be an okay trade-in as a cash cow will be provide pretty decent um, bench cover while making some money. Yep. But, yeah, who knows what Porter doing there. Uh, we'll keep going. Final two. Ryan Angwin, 123K mid slash forwards, got a 62, had 20 touches. Um, gave got his opportunity as a late call in, but yeah, I just don't see it. Yep, don't know anything about the bloke, so you're the Giants man. Yep, just don't see it. Um, and last one, Sam Simpson, one sixty six k mid slash forward, got an eighty. Uh, again, another late in, and he was pretty fucking solid, but Geelong. Yeah, it was a late in for um the Ruckman Segler, so I feel like it was just a matchup thing because the Swans are decimated with their tall 
stocks at the moment. So while he looked good and he scored great, I just feel like he's sort of in that 22 to 26 range at Geelong and they will rotate guys in and out of that spot. So probably not, unfortunately. Yeah. Now I'll quickly do the waiting in the wings. Um, so pretty much there's not many this week. Um, I'm just going to double check something, but my first one is actually going to be Wardlaw of North Melbourne. Um, he fucking played pretty solid there, Pato, um, in the VFL. And I have a feeling that his debut might be imminent. Um, it was 23 disposals, three marks, eight tackles. The eight tackles, big one for me. Six inside 50s and one rebound 50. So, yeah, look, I'm not liking Will Phillips's chances of staying in the side with Wardlaw ticking along the way that he is. He's not obviously getting like your 30 plus disposals, but think he's going to be doing enough to get a spot in that side. Um, I'm just going to check the injury list just to see if one bloke is actually on there. And No, he's not on there if you're talking about Will Phillips. No, they I'm not. Actually... No, I'm not. I'm not talking about Will Phillips. Okay. I was talking about Josh well, I'll just quickly. Yeah, I'll just talk about Phillips quickly. They said that he didn't get subbed off due to injury. It was purely a tactical thing. So yeah. I would maybe think that Phillips comes out and maybe Wardlaw does replace him, unfortunately, for Will Phillips' owners. Yeah, so I was actually checking the injury list to see if Fahey uh, was injured because I, find, I found it strange that Angwin got the nod um, over Fahey the way Fahey's been playing, but Fahey didn't play in the VFL um, and he was listed as an emergency. So make of that what you will. Um, but the other one uh, is Bytel of St Kilda. Um, I thought he was injured. Um, they got a little injury sticker on him um, on Supercoach, but he had 20 kicks, 18 handballs, so there's 38 disposals, three marks, four tackles. Two rebound 50s, one free for, one free against. So he seems to be just too fucking good for the VFL, but then he either gets to the AFL and he gets injured or he, he gets a niggle and they don't play him, which is weird. So surely, surely he gets recalled and has a nice healthy run at it. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, and he's in the 160K range um, in Supercoach as well. So And obviously Wardlaw, I think, is in the 180K range there, Pato. So yeah, yeah, roughly by memory. And then if Josh Faye ever gets a fucking gig, he's 123 or whatever. So anyway, Pato, we move on to the trades for people who traded in Took or started Took or whatever. And Just there's- sorry, while we're still on waiting in the wings, um, Charlie Constable had another 29 touches yeah. on the weekend for Gold Coast. And just between you and I, Dano, and just between us two, no one else is listening, uh, they may be looking for a midfielder and hopefully... For those that held, maybe an option. Yeah, I hope so. But on the other hand, they got Fiorini who can step up. And then a bloke that I started that could push into the midfield, and that's Flanders, unless he's injured. I actually don't give a fuck anymore. Anyway. Flanders two weeks away. So, yeah, it won't be Flanders. (laughs) Anyway, trading options. So we got fucking shitloads of mids. We got... Only a couple of forwards, really, to keep an eye on and a fair few defenders. So let's start with the defenders, Pato. And after a discussion with you and a discussion with some other people, I feel like that this bloke that we're about to talk about is too good to ignore right now. He's just too cheap, especially with how cash gen's really lacking this year. I feel like that this guy could be an amazing pick um, now. And I'm glad he got suspended for two weeks or whatever it was. And that's Will Day at 454K, defender, midfielder, 101 average, 9% ownership, 15 break even. Got that midfield role. I think, I just I just feel like if you can, you've got to get him in this round. Yeah, I think this has got to be option number one for everyone. And obviously, we're in upgrade season, so people are looking for, for a sort of a primo a week. Uh, I feel like people have been a little bit silly, and we've addressed this previously, Dano, on other episodes, that people are going crazy and bringing in guys like Marshall, uh, not Marshall, English, uh, Oliver, Dawson. They're paying top dollar, and they can't just keep doing that because the cash gen isn't good this year. So I've avoided a lot of those guys at top dollar. I still don't have English. I don't have Oliver. Probably looking at Oliver next week. Um, don't have Dawson either myself, and I just feel like people need to find these budget guys. And if you've got a guy that's probably going to be in the D four to eight range, maybe D ten at a stretch, um, in a midfield role that is averaging one hundred and one currently um, at four hundred and fifty four thousand, I think 
it's too good to refuse, um, quite simply. And I'm a little bit annoyed. I brought him in in round two um, for Jason Horn Francis. And um, I'm still happy with that trade, Dano. I held on to Will Day through those two weeks that he missed. He's currently the 10th ranked defender in Supercoach. That's with Harry Sheasel ahead of him, who looks like he may be hitting a rookie wall. Um, Dane Rampey is ahead of him on average, but we know that's going to drop out. Jake Lloyd's coming off a, a bit of a poorer game, and I still Don't feel like it. Luke Ryan is a bit of a Don't fake primo. It. So, fuck. <laughs> I knew and there's obviously. <laughs> I will die on that hill, Dano. Um, there's a couple dude that I think. Average. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude hit his average last week. He's averaging 120 and got 120. So anyway. Well, once once they get a proper inside mid in there, though, you won't need to be doing as much. But um, there's, there's other guys that will probably reach into that sort of range as well. And Sinclair, Sicily, um, Jaden Short, who we're going to talk about soon, Dano. Yep. Um, Callum Mills, who I think will probably pick up defensive uh, dual position as well, if you believe the rumours, but I think Will Day can absolutely plant himself in that conversation. There was a shift at round two where he got a bit of an uptick of midfield time, um, and he scored 139 against North Melbourne and 107 against Geelong after scoring 60 and 98 in the first two weeks. So he's definitely trending upwards. Um, those CBAs are up, and I, I think this is a no-brainer this week for anyone that is trading. Yeah. Tom Stewart, 597K, 105 average, 16% ownership, 98 break even. That's why I said you needed to jump on him when he was at his cheapest the other week. Um, He's going to go above 600K again. So now or never. Uh, I don't know about now or never. With a break even of 98, I think you can afford to maybe wait another week. Um, Essendon may put a little bit of attention into him, um, even though they didn't do it on Disco Dacos, but let's not mm-hmm. go there. Um, but I think Stuart needs to be in your plans. He's got that really good buy as well. So I think it's so hard paying 600K for a defender, Dano. It just blows my mind, especially when you can pick up Sinclair and Sicily for a, a fair bit cheaper. But we know what Stuart can do. We know he can get those 150 games that just – like tear apart your league matchups. So I think you're going to want him. He's got that really good buy as well, whereas literally only Geelong and Gold Coast. So that is a huge pill as well because he will provide you cover for the whole buys. Yep. Yep. Jack Sinclair, 543K, 100 average, um, 9% ownership, 117 break even. Um, I didn't really notice too much of what he was doing, Pato. So, uh, but all I know is that if you've got, what what he for what he scored? You can give him another week to see what's going on. But did he play midfield again, like we were thinking he might, and it's affecting his scoring, or did he play more halfback? So I, I agree that you can give it another week with that break even, but he needs to be on your radar. He played halfback for the first half on the weekend, yeah, um, and was on about sixty five or seventy odd. I can't remember exactly, but all I remember was it was very high. Um, in saying that, Jack Steele was having an absolute howler. He clearly came back way underdone. Mm. Um, and they made some changes. They moved Jack Sinclair into the midfield to start the third quarter. Um, and his scoring really dried up and only scored 30 or 40 odd in that role. And he still got to 105, uh, which certainly isn't horrible, especially for a defender. But we're looking for that full-time defense role. And I think as I think as as we mentioned, you can wait another week. I think you let Jack Steele have another week. He'll be right for the picking very soon, by the way, everyone. Uh, but I think as soon as you see evidence of Jack Sinclair playing a whole game in defense, he'll get to sort of 115, 120, and I think that's when you jump on him. So so probably a next weeker for me. Yeah, this bloke is an interesting one because I'm I'm actually weighing up between him and Will Day right now, and it's James Sicily. 533K, 99 average, 21% ownership, 111 break even. Fucking... Proven super coach gun um, and plays Western Bulldogs this week. So, it, like, is he going to be playing more one on one like he has been, or are they going to free him up? What's the go? What do you think, Pato? So, the problem with Sicily is that his kick out numbers have gone down. Mm. And that used to be a free sort of five, six, seven, eight kicks a game where he'd play on and get that kick. And it has really affected his scoring. Now, he was, he was having the one on one stuff last year when he scored really well. It's literally yeah. the kick-out numbers. And Blake Hardwick has been getting a lot of kick-ins um, and some other guys as well. So I, that's the alarm, I think. With 111 break-even, you can afford to wait, and I think you just hope that he does see a bit of an uptick. But 
I, I can see him probably settling about the 100 to 105 average. So he probably won't be in that top two or three range, but he'll be thereabouts. But I honestly, if that were the same price, I'd probably still be erring towards Will Day if I was looking for one of those two guys, honestly. Yeah, if they were both 540K, I'd probably err towards Will Day because just because of that midfield role. It's so valuable. Okay. Um, last one in defense that we got is Tom Barras at 486K, 89 average, 0.5% ownership. 107 break even, went back to his intercepting best last week for Pato. Um, so that's why he was jizzing all over the place. I, I had to add this one in, Dano, because he is still great value. And yep. I don't know what West Coast are doing, but they've got TBC on about 50% of their injury list. So I feel like they're yeah. taking a piss there. And McGovern is one of those guys. So we don't even know. We don't even have a timeline yet. Um, and... Yeah, Brass had 121 off 17 touches. Yep. So great value, 486K. Um, jump on with me is a huge POD. Now, moving on to the mids and the first one, and this is this is this is where I'm weighing up whether I'm trading out Will Setterfield or not, Pato. Yeah. Ooh. But for this bloke here, which is Rory Laird at 634K, 112 average, 23% owned, 103 break even. I think this is actually going to be the cheapest we'll see him. And I don't want to, like, you're talking about value for money and whatnot, and I'm like, oh, he's just, I don't think he's going to drop below 600K. And, yeah, I don't think he's going to get tagged with Dawson in the team, especially with Dawson playing mid. Uh, well, he actually got tagged on the weekend, Led. Oh, I thought Dawson did, considering his score. I, I, I didn't catch the game because I, I had a basketball game, but... Um, according to fan footy, uh, Connor Nash did tag Laird and then got moved to Rochelle in the third quarter. I got the guy. Yeah, I mean, it could be wrong, but you would think looking at the stats that the fact that Dawson has six clangers, which is very un-Dawson-like, that he was the one that got a bit of attention. But they could have also done the old double tag. But without an eye test, I'm sorry, I cannot say with any confidence that that was what happened. I'm just going off fan footy, but I, yeah, I don't think Rory Laird will be cheaper for the rest of the season. I think he's a huge trading option here at a, at a 103 break even, I think. Now yeah. is the time to jump on if you want him. Now, 23% seems really low to me for a guy with his output. Um, the bloke had 10 clearances, 12 tackles, 29 touches, and only nine of those were kicks mm. for a 126. Like... We know what Laird can do. We know what he did last year. Um, mind you, his last three against his next opponent were a lazy 154, 144, and 185. So Remember remember when I was talking about this last week and I said his next two opponents scores big against. Yep. Yeah. So I just, I just feel like time is now to jump on, but I'm trying to find a way to without... Because, like, I don't have Cornelio, and Cornelio is still fucking good value. But anyway. Yeah, I think people just have to look past round one as an anomaly. Um, the, the conditions were fucked for that game. Um, for a little nuggety bloke from the plays in Adelaide, the, the conditions were just ridiculous in Sydney. So I think you take that out. If you ignore that, he went 147, 114, 97 in a tag game, 135, 126. That's that's yeah. top echelon. I think he will settle into that at top two or three midfielder on the year. Um, he'll be up there with Bontepelli and Oliver, in my opinion, as the top three midfielders this year. Yeah. Next one is Marcus Bontepelli at six fifty six k, one twenty eight average, thirty seven percent owned, and a fifty break even. Fuck you, Pato, talking me out of the freaking VC that I was so confident on. You made me feel like shit. And then you decide that you wanted to VC him just so that you can get a better <laughs> score than me, you absolute piece now, of shit. No, in my defense, I made a late decision because I was looking at my loophole options and I really only had uh, Madden as, as a guy that I could loophole um, and put as captain because I was fairly certain that Davey was going to come back. And I, people got caught out on that and had Davey as captain, which is a bit baffling. But anyway, we won't mm. go there. Um, so I thought, look, I'd rather just have a swing. It was either Darcy or Bontempelli, and either way, I would have been pretty happy. Darcy got 135 or whatever he got, so I would have been happy with that. But clearly pretty pretty fucking happy with Bontempelli as the one. Um, I have to apologize a little bit. I do the run sheet every week, and I feel like we both own him, Dano, and we have since yeah. round one. And I just feel like he's a, he's a guy that sh- is in more teams than he is. He's only 37%, which seems really low. Yeah, for I would have thought a bloke that is probably 
the best, if not top three in the whole league. We know what he's done in midfield roles before. And when they came out and said, no, nah, he's playing midfield, Dunkley's gone, we need that bigger body in there. Like that was for me, like just lock and load, throw away the key. And I just, I don't know. Anyway, um, if you don't have Bontepelli, I think you need to absolutely look at your options. He's got a break even of 50, Dano. Yeah. And he does play Hawthorne this week. So, um, he could get to 700 and float around that for the rest of the season. He's a guy that can average 125. Or, or Connor Nash. I don't think Connor Nash will do that well, though. I know, I know Connor Nash is a bigger body, but the way Bontempelli is playing, like Just teams saying. have tried to tag him and he's still getting 110s. Just saying. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, Clayton Oliver is the next one. 668K, 123 average, 46% owned, 171 break even. High as fuck break even. We finally waited for this sub 100 score, Pato, but the thing is, Last time he played North Melbourne, what did he score? 178, which is more than his fucking break even. So <laughs> it's so frustrating. Is it like I'm tossing up between – we'll talk about trade options later, maybe, Dano, but I'm tossing up between just biting the bullet and going Oliver this week um, and backing him in. But I, I have shades of last week where I chased the guy that was playing North Melbourne and he had 40 and really struggled until he injured his fucking knee. And, like, surely that's not going to happen to Oliver. And I just know if I don't go with Oliver, he's going to score 180 and just take the fucking piss. And I know if I bring him in, he'll get fucking knocked out by Jai Simkin and um, <laughs> not by Kane Turner and just wear him like a glove and he'll get another 80 and he'll be 600K in two weeks. Like, I just, it's frustrating. But I, I'm leaning towards probably taking the value and we'll talk about it when we get to him um, of who I'm going to be more than likely bringing in. But I think, yeah, Oliver, you've got to make a contingency plan. I think next week is probably the week, um, and you just hope that he goes about 120, so he comes yeah, down about 20-odd nice. K, and you, and you get him for about 550, and I think you're pretty happy with that price. Anyway, the next bloke, Sam Walsh, 610K, 117 average, 1% owned, and 117 break-even. Great price. Got the CBAs. The only thing is, can you trust a bloke with a dodgy back? Well, he, I haven't watched either of his two games, Dano, but from all accounts, his back looks fine. Um, the CBAs went up, so that tells me that the club are happy with how his back pulled up after his first game back. Um, scored a 130 in a loss, Dano, so imagine what he could do against West Coast in a, you would think, win. Yeah. Yeah, and and people have to think, have to remember that he Walsh played more wing than midfield last year and and averaged about one ten, if I'm not mistaken, Dano. Yeah, which isn't horrible, but that was actually a a down downward trend from his year before, where he played inside mid and averaged about one twenty. So I just think people have to take into consideration when when guys this good are playing that midfield role, just like with Bontempelli, um, you just got to ride it. So I think Walsh. With a break-even of 117, you can probably afford to wait one more week. But unfortunately, we don't have 10 trades to use next week. So you got to try and pick and choose yeah. your targets and just really time it really smartly. Yeah. And then we'll quickly move on to – I'm going to do them as a dual a dual one because you can pick either one, really. Um, Zach Merritt at 578K and Darcy Parrish at 555K. Um, both great val- – fucking fantastic value, to be honest, and both proven guns. Um, yeah, that's um, like one of them's the, – the, yeah, I, you got it. You can you can pick either the one if you wanted to. Yeah, the frustrating thing with these two is that they do chop and change who gets tagged. Teams do so. Yeah, Merritt this year has gone 92, 114, 88, 111, 134, and is actually traditionally a better finisher than he is starter of the year. So I think you can sort of hold out on Merritt and see how he goes. Um, and Parrish is much the same. He's gone 109, 124, 82, 98, 108, 110. So. It's so tricky with these two because they do get tagged so often. Um, those that watch the game on Tuesday will know that he did fuck all and still somehow got to 110, which and, I think's a positive, Dano. <laughs> yeah, and and he does he, well in wins, and, and Essendon are actually looking alright. So and that's the other thing to consider. And the other thing is that his opponent this week is Geelong, and he's scored his highest ever score against Geelong in 2021. Right. Yeah. That big 190. So I feel like Parrish is going to be that bloke that everyone just fucking forgets about. 3% owned. Zachy Merritt. Yeah, nice POD. You know what's crazy? Penderbury's in more teams than Parrish. That's fucking insane. Doesn't that blow your mind? It actually does. 
So the next one on our list, Pato, is Jaden Short at 542k, 103 average, 0.3% ownership. Fucking what? And 82 break even. Is he back to his halfback flank role? That's all I want to know. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. And it, and it changed the way Richmond looked as well. We could actually hit a target outside of defense, which was a miracle if you've watched any Richmond games this year. So I just want to take people back to last year where Jaden Short was in most people's teams after he got 180 odd in a preseason game against whoever, who cares, um, and started <laughs> off the year really well. So the first six weeks of the season, he played off half back and scored 109. 136, 110, 111. He had a 56 against the Crows where he got a lot of attention and then a 111, um, yeah. which was, of course, an average of 106, which you're more than happy with in defense. He then moved into the midfield against the Eagles and scored 152, um, but that was against the Eagles um, and was very up and down. He played a bit of midfield, played a bit of half forward, but just just wasn't a good role for him. But I think Dim has just chucked him back on the halfback flank. Uh, it's affected Baker, which... I did say was going to happen. Um, yep. Baker always does well when Jaden Short doesn't play, but I think the role's there at 542,000. Um, he's mid only, which is a little bit awkward, but the amount of DPPs and shit that are swinging around, um, you've only got to wait until round 11 before he picks up defense status. Uh, and he's, he's a guy that has proven to have a 110 sort of scoring capability in this role. And at 542,000, I think it's really, really great value, almost as good value as the next guy. Yeah, to be honest, I'm I'm, I'm kind of eyeing eyeing the fuck out of him. Um, Very short. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, It doesn't matter... If he's a mid, if he's a halfback flank and he's only got mid status in Supercoach, because if he's scoring, he's scoring. Yeah, and at this time of year, when people are swinging left, right, and center, swinging more than a fucking swingers party, then um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter where he is, he scores, and then you just and it'd be around the buy round as well. So like that's when you need that flexibility. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he who shall not be named. Five thirty-four k, one hundred and twelve average, thirteen percent owned, eighty-four break even. We are talking about. Was that loud enough? I know. Dugowie. It's fucking Dugowie. I think this is who I'm bringing in this week. Oh, Pato! Fuck. How dirty do you feel? I feel my heart doesn't want to, but my head's saying he's too good a value. Yeah, that's fair enough. And look, four out of his five scores. Oh, Dano. Over 105. Mm. We knew knew that eventually he would be given a sole mid-roll and he would do it well. We just didn't know when, and it looks like this year. And to be honest, whoever started him at 460-odd K or whatever it was, fucking good on you. He's 534,000, Dano. He is so fucking cheap. I know, and he's averaging 112. I can bring him and Canelio in for Took Miller and two cash girls. See, I still need need one of Laird or, or Oliver. Myself. All of an X-Wave. Shit time. Anyway, Jordan Degali we're talking about, and he's fucking, yeah, like I said, four out of his five scores been above 105, and his lowest has been 84. So, yeah. Do we need to keep talking about him? I'd rather not. Yeah, okay, let's move on. Now, just just know got... that I'm. I, this is a really good trade-in. And yeah. I wouldn't be saying it if it wasn't. Now, we've, we had a bit of a debate on these next two, because I think one's a better trade-in than the other. And you disagree with me. So we're discussing both. And that's because Took has gone down. We're looking at either Anderson or Rao. So Noah Anderson at 541k, 98 average, 1% ownership, 103 break, 113 break even, or Matt Rao at 460k, 96 average, 2% ownership, and 31 break even. So which one benefits more with Took going down? I, th- I honestly think it's Matty Rao. He looks like he's way fitter. He's and one of our one of the comments that we said about Raul last round, Pato, was that I think his first three disposals or something were all outside disposals, which is weird yeah. saying about Raul because he's usually just contested and nothing else. See, I'm leaning more towards Noah Anderson as a better option. My problem with these two guys are is that I don't think either are keepers unless Took comes out like unless it comes out that Took is missing the whole season for whatever. Yeah. So unless you're sitting somehow on like 26 plus trades, I don't think you can afford to do this because it's you'd probably end up trading them back out again. Yeah. Um, so they'll have a really good four to six to eight to 10, whatever Took misses, but then they'll go back to what they're scoring at the moment. So 
in that sense, if you're going to bring one of these guys in, Rao probably doesn't make a little bit more sense because it's 460000 He's just going to make you more money and he's cheaper. But I, he'll just go back to his 90s. Well, hang on, hang on. I just want to tell you his scores because I remember preseason. I was like, imagine if it's Matt Real season. So he started off with 119, then he got a 94. Then he had two shit scores of 77-51, then back up to 109-124. Now, I feel like... I feel like this could be him, but you got to expect that you will have sub 100 scores. But I, I have a feeling that Matty Rao could whip out one of those big 140s or 150 at any given moment. So here's the thing, Dano. Yep. Jacob Popper's in 39% of teams and Will Setterfield's in 33% of teams. Correct. They're a lot more consistent. You know what you're going to get from them. You may not get 150s. Well, Setterfield's only had one get... score above 100. Yeah, but he hasn't dropped to a 50 off like. Rao has. Oh, he's dropped to a 70-odd. No, yeah, Setterfield's thing is he's only 76. had one big score above 100. That was it. Yeah, so you don't want two or three of those guys in your same. You may no, as well just enough. keep holding one off as your last upgrade. Yeah, fair enough. And by the way, Setterfield's last score was 70. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but for another 70K, you can get Jordan to go. So I believe we, I were discussing, we were discussing them because someone actually raised with me who would benefit the most out of Toot going down. And it was, I thought Rao, Hado thought, Anderson, we discussed both. Really, neither are trading um, when you've got better value. Now, we've got no ruck line suggestions because everyone's rucks should be set and there's no carnage. Um, yeah, I just, I just want to say if you're a Grundy owner, I would probably be looking at making oh, yeah. that change. Um, but, I mean, who you make that change to is pretty obvious. Um, English, Darcy, they're the two. Um, Jared Witts will get eased back into it, but they're, they're Darcy and English are looking like the one and two. Yep. Yep. Well, forward line. We've only got two people and they're both giants. So, first one, Stephen Canelio, 499k, 103 average. Fucking hell. 20% ownership, 49 break even. Yeah, he's going back up above 500k. Got against Sydney as well. I can't remember his fucking average against Sydney, but I feel like he's just going to, he's just moving from strength to strength right now. Average is 97 against the Swans. Across his whole career too. You got to factor that in yeah. across his whole career. In 14 games, yeah. Yeah, scary. Um, so yeah. yeah. I think this is the no-brainer trade-in um, this week. Yeah. <sighs> Sub 500 will be top six in his line. Um, the role is really attractive. Um, Do I just... Now, now, here's a question. Do I just ignore Oliver and Laird and just go Cornelio Day? Oliver's going to be cheaper next week. Laird so, probably won't. Cornelio's a break-even of 49. Yeah, I, I think I've solved my question. Short-term pain, long-term gain. Anyway. Exactly. Um, yeah, so Cornelio, fucking good shit. Good shit. Um, now, the next one is one that Pato's put on, but we're debating as to whether or not he moves in defense, and that's Harry Himmelberg at 385K forward defender, 64 Average, 1% owned. I don't even know why he's in 1% of teams. Fucking hell. Um, and 33 break even. Um, I, I just, I don't think that they're going to put him back there. He played that role that we're talking about when Haynes was out and he played like that intercept quarterback role. I don't think you can have both Himmelberg and Haynes playing that at all. The interesting thing have, is yeah. Himmelberg rucked a little bit and scored 100 on the weekend, which is what, why I go back to what I said before. If they think that they're getting smashed in the ruck, which they are, don't know. Flynn just can't handle the load on his own. Yeah. Um, I know Briggs has been doing well enough at VFL level. Why don't you just bring Briggs in and move Himmelberg into defense, which is clearly an issue, uh, an area that they need to improve in. Well, it's more so they've got no Sam Taylor there. Well, yeah, who is one of the best defenders in the comp, Dono. So I honestly, uh, I'm just going to say this, like he he was a lock for fullback or centre halfback in the All-Australian team because he hadn't actually lost a fucking one-on-one. It was insane. And then he lost his hammy. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. But yeah, I, just looking at the um, injury list now, it potentially could be right. So Lekalier ankle was two weeks um, as of 25th, which is yesterday. So he's two weeks away. Sammy Taylor, 10 to 12. Um, and then we have Phil Davis, two to three weeks away. Ugh, yeah. The, pro- I'd, the, I'd... the slight problem is, Dano, that they play Sydney this week, who are very short at the moment due to injury. Um, and I'm not sure he's needed in defense, but they're clearly willing to move him around and just try and find that right balance. Um, obviously, Hogan and Cadman are sort of playing that key position, um, sort of contingent up 
forward with a bit of Peatling in there, who's kind of like a pseudo for, uh, key forward. So I think if there's someone that can move and has shown historically that he can play really well in other roles at Timmelberg. So we'll, we'll see. They're clearly going to make changes, Dana. Yep. Yep. Now, yeah, we'll move on to the list of questions. Fuck it. Uh, should we start on the Twitter sphere this week, Pato? See if they fucking listened. Uh, I was on Facebook. Hang on, let me switch no, over. No, we'll get it. Oh, no, we got some Twitter ones. Sweet. Okay. So, Nerds for Life, Supercoach, said, my early trade thoughts. Oh, Jesus. This is like hectic shit. Oh, I don't think we get... Why Why so many screenshots? Ah. <laughs> There's only three. I looked at these before. Yeah. I'll I'll skip the that one. We'll just do a freaking team review thing. Anyway, how good can baby well, dates get? Scobie Bryant. Sorry, I'll just say to Nerds for Life, um, I like the first one, bringing in they and he who shall not be named um, for Took and McKenna, essentially, with Mitchell yeah, coming yeah. in for, for Davey. That's the one yeah. I like. Move on to Scobie Bryant because he didn't fucking send us anything last week, so... Shame on you. Uh, how good can baby Dakes get? Like, honestly, this kid is going to dominate the AFL for the next 15 years. Supercoach related. Anyone under 577K, who would you bring in? Can be a defender or mid? Uh, first part of that question, I mean, Disco Dacos, fuck. Like, this I don't kid. think he can get better, to be honest. I think this is... This you is, reckon he's hit his peak? I reckon this is his peak. I no mean, can you way. get can you get more than fucking forty disposals at like or thirty six point one disposals a game average? Here's the thing, Dano. He'll eventually move into a full time midfield role. I don't think he'll be as good in mid. He and I Lee, think Lee Montagna said it best, Pato. They're literally playing him like the you know, like in under fourteens where you got the clearly the best player on the team and the coach just lets him do what he wants. That's how mm-hmm. Nick Dacos is playing under McRae. That's how he's playing. I don't think he'll be as good as a sole mid. I think you have up and down weeks, but this role that he's got where he can do whatever the fuck he likes, I don't think he'll ever, he'll exceed this ever. And I don't think he'll so, ever learn how to get 10 hardball gets a game. So as a Rory Laird started off in this role and has gone to another level playing midfield. Yeah, but Rory Laird's a fucking nugget who likes contact. True, true. I, <laughs> I feel like with development, and, and that is a caveat, with development, um, he can get to... I th- honestly think a Gary Ablett sort of level. And Gary, I must admit. He's averaging that now in Supercoach. Gary Ablett is the best player. I've, Gary Ablett Jr. is the best player I've seen play. And I think he can reach that. To be honest, dude, his stats and shit, he's already way better than him. What will be super interesting, Dano, is whether Collingwood can hold on to him. Um, because yeah. it, uh, he signed a two-year extension on top of his rookie deal. So he's tied up for another two years after this one. But it'll get to a stage where he's commanding really, really big dollars. And I'm not sure Collingwood maybe will be able to... No, they won't. He'll afford to hold on to him. But it's going to be weird to see him leave if that happens. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So, and the second part... Anyone under 577K, who would you bring in, defender or mid? Um, I mean, we've sort of discussed that kind of. Just say Luke um, Ryan. I think, I think Will Day is number one. Um, <laughs> really just for the Luke value. Ryan. Um, the, uh, the ironic thing is I've filtered on Supercoach for 580K and less, and the number one averaging guy in that group is the fake Primo himself. So <laughs> I told you. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, but no, if I was shopping from this list, Will Day is probably number one just for the value. Um, but aside from that, I'd be looking at Jordan Dugowie, Josh Kelly, Patrick Cripps I really like at 14% ownership. Um, no Darcy Parrish? Yeah, Jaden Short. No, I don't. I, for, as I said before, I don't really like Darcy Parrish. I mean, Cornelia yeah. is the other one I think is a really good option this week. So that that's probably five names that I would really be shopping at at this price bracket. Okay. Gordo says trade or hold LDU. I think if you fucking backed him in, you've got to hold him. You've got to um, have to. I Yeah. This would be a luxury trade post buys once your team has completed um, and maybe a lesson for future that two weeks at the level that he played at is just not enough data for a guy that is kind of unproven at his age. Um, so take that lesson, Gordo. Um, I think just move on with that. Hold on to LDU. I wouldn't be trading into him, but you can't really trade out of him. Yeah, the last one was trade or hold Grundy now that Gorn's back. This this is for um, Twitter, probably, by the way. Yeah, this is, this is tough because... It's hard to justify using a trade on a guy that's playing. Yeah. And the other interesting thing is in the second half when Melbourne made their run, Grundy played more ruck than Gorn. 
and Gorn played forward. And Gorn is a much better forward than Grundy is. Yeah. And part of me wonders whether or not that they realised that in this game and they thought, if we don't make this change, we may well get beaten by Richmond. Um, so Gorn had 15 CBAs, Grundy had 14. So it's pretty much 50-50. And Grundy, I think, played about 40% of the first quarter. Is that right, Dano? Like, it was very, very low. And I think he just got caught on the bench. Um, but yeah, when they moved Gr- uh, Gorn forward <clears throat> is when they looked really good and, and Grundy was playing in the ruck. So I think you wait it out. I think you hold another week and just see what the roles look like next week and just see how it plays out. But it's probably also something that might chop around a little bit. And Melbourne have North this week as well. So, mm. yeah, it's a tough one. But I would ride it out and just say, I don't think for memory Grundy's break even will be super high. So it's not like he's going to bleed cash if he drops another 80-odd. But I just, yeah, I think you ride it out, give it one more week and just see what that CBA sort of numbers do this week. Okay. So I'm going to do some of these rapid-fire ones on Facebook, so I'll start off. Um, Scott says, what to do with LDU? We say hold, hold, Pato? Uh, yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Jason Jason says, Haynes or Day? Fucking Day. Day, day by, yeah, Day by mile. <laughs> day than Daylight than Hayes. Haynes? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was wrong yeah. with. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, Liam said, thoughts on Dugowie in the midfield? I can either get Dugowie and bank 130K and then upgrade elsewhere, or should I just go full primo mid? Well, he is a primo right now. So, yeah, reckon- on, uh, we yeah. mentioned it a couple of weeks ago at the value. Um, there's no harm in bringing your M8 in now if the value is there. The value is there. He's averaging 112 and he's still 434,000. That is really, really, really good value. I'm doing something similar, Liam. At this stage, I've got 157,000 in the bank after using three trades and holding that 157K for next week as I think Oliver will bottom out. So I think you jump on the value. Um, to go, he could yeah. well do really well against Adelaide this week. And all of a sudden, we'll get to that sort of 560, 570 range that guys like Crips are, are at that are sort of that really awkward price point. So I think you jump on the value and, and get on him. Yep. Uh, Nathan says, Do you think Will Day is a top eight defender? Yes. Ooh, Pato. I don't know. I don't know myself, but he's too good a value to ignore. So. All right. So if we say no one picks up DPP, who's your top eight defense right now? Oh, fuck, man. I can't get into that right now. So Dacos Dawson, oh, Stewart, Zebel, Luke, Luke Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so there's five. Yeah. Do you think Sinclair gets into that range? Yeah. If he goes back to halfback flank, yes. Yep. Sicily? Yeah. Keeping in mind that his, CBA, his kickouts are down. Yep. Okay. And then you've got Saad. You've got Shizzle, who I think will drop off a little bit. And then you're looking at guys like Jake Lloyd, Will Day, uh, Liam Baker, Dan Rioli, Mason Redman, like... It kind of drops off. So I think he's in that that mark. Yep. Okay. Did I say Baden um, has asked a question on Will Day? No, no, I didn't. Let's do it. Baden says, is Will Day falling into the must trade in pile and thoughts on Walsh for Took or what other options are to trade in cheaper? Well, we've discussed all the options for Took, essentially. Um, and Will Day, we said, is a must trade pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think yeah, Will Day is option number one. If you already own Cogs, I'd be looking at Jordan Dugowie. If you don't own Cogs, I would be looking at maybe Day and Cornelio and just really zero in on the value on offer there. Um, but if you're looking for a slightly higher range than that, Dugowie is the one, I think. Well, and well, she can higher afford- range, you could get Laird if you don't have Laird. Yeah. Because I, f- I feel like he's just getting forgotten. Okay. So Daniel says, Grundy to English or hold for one more and then bank the dollars for Gorn. Hmm. Yeah, hold, hold. Gorn's got a break even of over 200. So give it one more week. As we said before, just see how Grundy goes against North. Um, Even if he plays forward, he could still kick a few snags. Terrible. And yeah, reassess next week. Just wait for Gorn to come down. Okay. Sam says, got one spot in my midfield bench for either Ned Long or Corey Wagner. Already picked up Mitchell. Do I use... Oh, so there's multiple different questions. So Ned Long or Corey Wagner. We said Wagner out of the two. Yeah, I'd say Wagner. Yeah, okay. So he says, already picked up Mitchell. Do I use a boost, three left, to bring in a primo in any line? I say yes. It's hard to say without knowing his team, um, but I'd be looking at maybe a value option while it's still there to use the boost because I think that just maximizes the value of the boost. And if you can bring in Will Day at 450-odd um, to go, we've spoken about, like, well, we're kind of repeating ourselves here. But Well, 
The third part. The third part oh, of this know. question. We're going to talk about it, aren't we? Fucking hell. I did. Okay. So I'm glad someone else has looked at this. So any idea what's going on with Wines and his role? Is the. Wait, what the fuck? It, in the, is there a future? Or is there a future that he turns it around because he is getting super cheap? Now, I was looking at him. And he's 410k um, before even reading this. And I was wondering what the fuck was going on with wines. And I think I sussed it out. So I think he's carrying something um, before the round just gone. His time on ground percentage has dropped by about 10 to 11%. And the other thing is his ball use has been fucking horrid. He's averaging a lot of turnovers a game. And I think he's had one relatively clean game where he got a 93. Um, so, yeah. Considering he's getting like 25 to 26 disposals on such low time on ground percentage, but his ball use has been pass. Um, if he just cleans it up and I don't know what the fuck's going on with him, whether it's his, if quad quadricles and his quads aren't working well, I don't fucking know. But yeah, I'd, I'd keep an eye on him because 410K, he's going to drop below 400,000 and he's going to be, if he can get back to his best in like, or if it's Ken Hinckley not realizing that, hey, I've got a fucking Brownlow medalist. Maybe I should play him in the guts a bit more top with more time on ground. Who knows? The thing is they're rolling five guys through that midfield and they're kind of like running everyone. them at everyone 15 to 20 CBAs each, whereas most teams that are doing that are running more 20 to 25 CBAs each and then the other guys are 5 to 10. But the thing with Port Adelaide is Rosie, Butters, Drew, Wines, Horn, Francis. Like that's, they're your five midfielders. And aside from probably Butters, they're all very one dimensional. They can't really play many other positions. Now, they've got Pow Pepper, who also plays midfield a fair bit. And then you've got Travis Boak, whose CBAs have just, like, yeah, they don't happen wing. anymore. He's and Boak's a lot older. So that, that, that kind of makes a little bit of sense. But the thing with Ollie so, Wines, he's 28. That, like, yeah, they're so- too young to be transitioning him out of the midfield. So Correct. I would want to see it before I jumped on. I just just for a week. I just think he's just had a really shit run of form with his turnovers. Like one of the games he had nine turnovers. Like 25 disposals, nine of them were turnovers. That's fucking horrid. Um but if he can clean it up, it won't surprise me if like imagine Pato, we talk about him now after I was doing all this research and he starts pumping out one tens and shit all of a sudden. Didn't that happen a couple of years ago and you jumped on him? Yeah, actually no, yeah, he hit a really good patch and I was looking at was that last year? Stats. Nah, it was his uh, Brownlow year. Must have been 2021 then. Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, and he just hit that really good fucking, really good form. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I'd so, want to see it before jumping on. Anyway, so Tate's gone yes or no to this trade. Um, so he's looking at trading out Setterfield, Ashcroft, McKenna, and trading in Mitchell, Laird, and Day. I say fucking yes. <laughs> see, I... I'd almost err towards trading out Sheasel over Ashcroft. No way. No way. I don't know. But look, the, the, it's hard to argue with the trade-ins. Yeah, that's good shit. That's like... But maybe ugh. maybe after hearing this podcast, I might just open um, his eyes a little bit and realize that maybe going Laird down to Dugowie will free up enough cash and you can just swap Ashcroft for a rookie that has maxed out and you can look at... Laird next week, although oh. Laird might be this cheap again, so it's a real tough one. Should uh, just start. He wants, he wants Seamus. Well, I that's get. the no-brainer. McKenna for Mitchell. That's that should be the most done trade this week. Yep. Anyway, so Pato, we are not called the Super Coach co-captains for nothing. Every week we give our listeners uh, VC and C options to set their team apart from the rest. So let's fucking get into it, and we're going rapid fire this week, my man. Rapid fucking fire. Okay, Friday, St Kilda versus just- Port Adelaide. Yep. Sorry, Dana, just quickly, this is a super awkward week for this because a lot of people won't have late loophole options, so you kind of have to jump on early, and the early games do not excite anyone. Yeah, agreed. So, St. Kilda versus Port Adelaide. Uh, Rowan Marshall. Um, BJ Williams scored 130-odd against Bryn Tickle, and if Tickle is the ruck again, uh, Rowan Marshall might be worth a cheeky VC. Yep, don't mind it, don't mind it. Uh, anyone else you got in this one? Maybe a Rosie. Rosie, I don't mind. Um, Sinclair, I would be avoiding. Port Adelaide do like to lock down on halfbacks. Um, Rosie has a really shit history against St Kilda. Uh, so I don't know if it's worth a VC, but if you've got no other options, I don't mind Rosie. Yeah, the funny thing is, last week you said that you were going to um, do Rosie for the memes, and he actually scored good. 
Well, yeah, I, I still would have been happy uh, with 126. I would have taken him. Yeah. Um, so I would have been happy with it. Fucking Dawson. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anyone else in this one. Uh, Saturday, Lions versus Fremantle. Big Dunkley big scored Sean. 155 against them last year. Yeah, yeah. Big Sean Darcy. Yeah. Um, McInerney does tend to lock down a little bit on opposition rucks. Uh, 59 against the Lions last year for Darcy, but 120 the year before. So Darcy does look really, really good, though. So might be worth a cheeky VC if you've got no other options. But most people have options in the uh, from the Giants or the Swans, so Madden or a Roberts type. But? And this plays... 25 yeah. minutes after the game. So it almost has to be the Saints and Port game if you've got a team like mine unless someone gets dropped. Will Phillips getting dropped might actually really help me, but hopefully or, he's not 25 and is a sub-risk. Or Jack Bytel. Oh, wait, no, that doesn't help at all. Fuck. <laughs> nope. Yeah, no, we're really fucked. Um, <laughs> the other one I was going to say is Lockie Neal um, has the most bipolar scorer against Fremantle. He either goes sub-100 or goes like 160-plus. So, yeah. I think you got a lot of safe. You got some safety C options coming up. I feel like that if you got like a Lockie Neal, you could potentially do the VC on him. It sounds weird saying it about him, but there's heaps anyway. of really, really good C options. There's just not many good VC options. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, you can take chuck the early VC and hope. Like if it doesn't work out, oh, well, I feel good about doing the C later. Mm. Um, anyway, no one else. Not from that game. And Andy Brayshaw continues to plummet in price. Yum yum. Um. Sydney Swans versus the Giants at the SCG. Uh, who you got in this one, Pato? Jordan for a bounce back game, maybe. Surely, hopeful thinking. I want to. Uh, I want to say someone that you probably like. No way. But he scored 164 against. Uh, he scored 164 against Sydney when he played as a sole midfielder last year, and that's Tom Green. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the green machine. Um, the guy I traded out last week. Did you trade him? So, oh, Pato. I did, Dano. I reckon he's going to go boom, boom. For Tuke Miller. Oh, fuck. Oh, don't trade your primos, Pato says. Anyway, uh, anyone else in this It was an aggressive move. Uh, no, I, this is a very awkward matchup. I think Kelly gets a lot of attention. Um, I think Cornelio, who knows what could happen there. He's not really a VC option, so I don't like oh. anyone really. Uh, cool. Uh, Western Bulldogs versus Hawthorne. You will probably say Bont. Bontempelli. Yep, don't mind that one anyway. Anyone else? No, I think Bontempelli is a really good VC option. Um, if if Constable if somehow can. isn't named in the 26, then Bontempelli will be my VC and I'll use Constable yep. as my loophole. Uh, Melbourne versus North Melbourne. I think it's safe to say. Clayton oh, Oliver. Clayton Oliver. Yep, Clayton Oliver. Max Gorn also if he is named as the Ruck as a VC. Do you reckon they tag Sheasel? Nah, Melbourne don't really tag much. No, oh, so he'll crack 100 again. Oh, good. <laughs> he got a bit of attention last round. That's why he went shit. He did. He did. Yeah, don't don't overlook that, ladies and gentlemen. Just just wait and see. Yeah, I reckon that. Right, great. Anyway, West Coast versus Carlton. Do you reckon uh, Paddy Cripps will go boom, boom? Yeah, Cripps. Um, Sam Walsh. Walsh. Tom Barath. <laughs> Hopefully. That'd be good. Back-to-back 120s would be nice to shut Scobie out. <laughs> Just, Anyone else? Just, just want to add that Barras scored more than Jordan Dawson this week, which is interesting. Yeah, he did. Fucking hurt. Uh, anyone else? Um, I mean, if for whatever reason you have one of the, the Carlton forwards, then maybe Charlie. Nah, I feel like Harry Mackay if you had him. I don't know why you would, but if you had him, I think he's the one. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Just anyone that wears navy blue that night, maybe. Yeah, pretty much. Sunday, Essendon versus Geelong. You know who I'm going to say. Parish. Gonna be Parish. I reckon he, he'll go and fucking he'll finally post a big score like he did against Geelong in what was it, twenty twenty one? Yeah, big one ninety. Maybe. Uh anyway. Well actually, if you've got Patrick Dangerfield, because he, he's being absolutely looked over. If you've got Patrick Dangerfield, I don't mind him in this game. And what do you think about Tom Stewart? Uh, yeah, you're looking at C options, and I I yeah, don't I love it. There's there's the last game around is just C options. I think I think you can even swap the rich uh, skip the Richmond Gold Coast game. Oh, do you want to skip the Richmond Gold Coast game? Just say no. I mean, yeah, okay. no. Anderson average is 140 against Gold Coast uh, against Richmond. The guy in two games. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, maybe a Jared Witts could do really well against Samson Ryan. But Samson Ryan's actually Samson Ryan actually did a right against Max Gorn. So anyway, last game, anyway, Adelaide, Adelaide versus Adelaide Collingwood. Probably. Who you got? You got a fucking Daycos. You got fucking uh, Laird. You got. Do you reckon Dawson bounces back? Yep. Yep. 
Do you reckon? I just want to say, Laird's last three against Collingwood reads 154, 144, 185. I know. So I pointed it out a week ago. <laughs> so I think it's a pretty safe C there. Um, worth noting as well, Nick Dacos has the highest ever projected score in Super yeah, history. 166. Which is a little bit nutty. And I, can you say for sure he won't get there? No, you can't. Um, yeah. Adelaide do concede pretty high scores to halfbacks this year. Yeah, not out of the realm of possibility, but they could also put a keys on him and try and limit his influence, but pff, good luck, keys. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Pato, what's your Twitter handle? It's at P-A-T-T-O-S-Triple-C. And mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. Anything further you'd like to add? Uh, no. Disco Dacos is a real deal. He's not a seagull. Yeah, anyway, from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing. The fuck off. Day and night. What? What?